Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Today we are continuing our series, Thankology. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with this week's message. Well, there was a, um, a consultant in Boston, Massachusetts that, that worked with companies to fill jobs. He, he's kind of like a headhunter, kind of a, a job filler guy. I don't know what his exact role was, but... Anyway, he did this impromptu kind of survey. He, he, was the, he was the guy that would find college graduates and place them in jobs. That's, that's what he did. And, and he had a group of, of freshly graduated college uh, kids. They weren't college people anymore. They were just fresh out of college. And he asked them, he said, there's one word that employers time after time after time refer to fresh out of college people as, and, and he's wanted to see if these, these former students could guess. What, what, do, what do people say about this crop of people coming out of college? And he said, I'll give you a hint. It starts with the letter E. It starts with the letter E. So they, they made all these guesses. You know, they said, energetic. He said, no, that's, that's not it. He said, excellent. excellent. It's got to be excellent. No, enthusiastic. No, and they guessed and guessed and all these letters and all, or all these words that start with the E and they never got it. And finally, the consultant looked at him and he says, entitled. Entitled. And that doesn't really come as a shock, does it? I mean, seriously, the, the millennial generation, if you will, it's uh, kind of part of that. It's, it's the people and they're coming out of college in their, their 20s and, and maybe early 30s. Um, there's been study after study that talks about this generation coming across as entitled, that, that they are owed something. They are entitled to something. And, and, and for me personally, I look at that, I look at my life, I look at the people younger than me and the people older than me, and I say, how did this happen? Who, who's responsible for this? Who created this? And, and if we're honest, we have to look and say, we did. We, we created this. My parents' generation created this. Uh, my generation created this by our attitudes and, and our actions. You know, a lot of us, um, studies say that how much we, we work so much, we work, work, work all the time, working, you know, 60, 80, 90 hours a week. Oftentimes our marriages, about half the time if we're lucky, they end in divorce. And we try to make that up by never telling our kids no. Some of you actually in this room, you never tell your, your, your son or your daughter no because you're trying to make up for such a bad experience. What we're doing here is we're, we're, we're entitling them. We're saying you deserve this, not for anything in particular, but just because, because I feel bad, you should, ne- you should get whatever you want. And I'm going to try to make up for what I lack. But not only do we do this in, in physical, like in those kinds of ways, but we're also, we're also really overprotective. We're over, I remember, I remember growing up in the, in the mountains of West Virginia, and maybe this only happened there, but, but I would ride in the back of a pickup truck. Anybody ever ride, ridden in the, in the back of a, no camper top, don't worry about that. I'm standing up surfing in the back of a pickup truck, with potholes the size of, uh, of, of this, this front area. And you're just bouncing around. You fall out. It's okay. 
it's fine. Today, today you try to take a child in a vehicle, you've got like 43 different latches, and you've got to like wrap them in tape. It's crazy. Don't get me wrong. I, I've got child seats for my kids, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm clicking all the buttons too. But really, I mean, my dad used to cut seat belts out of cars. But, but we also, it's not just in that way. But man, listen, think about this. When, when I was growing up, you actually had to win something to get a trophy. Or to get a ribbon. Now it's like you finished last place. I tell you what, you did really good. I know, I know you were the first person out in dodgeball, but here you go. What are we doing? Don't get me wrong. I, I think we should, we should instill in our children the, the virtue of participation. But we can't do it at the expense of, of the value of hard work and, and excellence and actually achieving. And so what we end up doing is, oh, well, I participated, I get a ribbon. Where's my prize? I, I, I participated. Well, you didn't win. So I participated. I should, I should get the same thing as the person who won because we both did the same thing. Well, what, what's going on? We are, we are doing things that are intentionally causing an entitlement attitude in our children. And we wonder why when we go to the store every time they say, I want this, I want that, I want this. Why? Because that's what they're used to. But it's not just our kids, because you might be sitting in this room being like, man, Pastor Josh is being hard on, on, the, on the teenagers, on the 20-somethings. But, but listen, I, I just got a phone about a month ago, maybe a little more than a month. The iPhone 5, this is like the greatest phone. Those of you who are, are Galaxy S3 users, you just need to get saved and see the light. <laughs> on this phone and on your Galaxy, whatever, you know, your second-rate import, whatever. <laughs> on this phone, I can, I can simultaneously order a pizza, rent a car, update a website, and take a video of the whole process all at the same time. And yet, I mean, I can, I can get an app on my phone and be on the other side of the world and turn my lights on and off in my house. I can spy on my, have you seen this commercial? I've got Verizon uh, Fios. Uh, have you seen the commercial where you can like spy on your kids with cameras on your smartphone? Yet, when I'm trying to do something like send a text or update a status and it takes more than three seconds, what are we all doing? I'm going to throw it out the window. What is that about? It's this whole attitude that's permeated our culture of entitlement. Entitlement. And the opposite of entitlement is gratitude. And that's what I want to talk about today because that's the theme of our whole series here in the month of November. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and open to Luke chapter 17. We're going to pick up the same story that we looked at last week with Jesus and the men with leprosy. That is kind of our springboard for our conversation this morning. i got all sorts of different things for you. If you don't have a Bible, you can see the Scriptures on the screen. If you don't want to look at the screen, you can pull it up on your smartphone or your tablet. Uh, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you just pull it up there, click Live, search for Vertical. You'll find the Scriptures and a place to take notes. If you are technologically adverse, you can take your program, which I do not have one up here with me, but you can take it, flip it over, and it's on the back. No one 
has an excuse this morning to follow along, okay? Scripture's all over the place. You even have a place to take notes. Uh, it's going to be awesome. All right. Here we go. Luke chapter 17. Everybody ready? Everybody ready? All right, there we go. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, if you don't know what leprosy is, if you're not familiar with the disease, it's a very, very painful disease. You would, you would have these sores that would just ooze and it would basically eat your flesh. Um, kind of, if you think of like your flesh is rotting on your body. You wake up in the morning and you don't have a finger. I mean, it's that kind of, that kind of disease. Very, very physically painful, but also relationally painful. Because Leviticus chapter 13 outlined very clearly for the, for the Jewish community what they were supposed to do if they had leprosy. They had to go off in isolation completely by themselves. And anytime anyone got near, they had to yell out, unclean, unclean. So not only is it very physically painful, but it's very humiliating, very relationally um, humiliating. And so you imagine these men had not been hugged or touched or given a high five for years. They had no physical contact with another human being. And, and when they see Jesus, this man that is rumored to be able to heal people with the words out of his mouth, you can imagine their excitement. There's Jesus. He's, he's healed people who are blind. Maybe he can do something for me. And so it goes on. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. I like that. Man, Jesus didn't even have to touch them. He didn't even say, be healed. He just said, go. And they went. And they were, as it says, uh, and as they went, they were cleansed. This is awesome. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asks, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. You, you can almost hear just the, the dumbfoundedness on Jesus' face. I mean, you can, you can almost see it. It's, wait a second, God. You were begging and crying out. You were pleading that someone somewhere would do something for you. And God sent me. His own son, God in the flesh. And you've received the miracle of all miracles. The thing you have hoped for and prayed for and wished for and dreamed for, you're in, for, for, for years. And now, where'd you go? What? Just, just one? What? Didn't, weren't there ten? Weren't there nine other jokers that I healed? And just one of you? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the other nine weren't weren't bad guys. I mean, it's not like they were evil. They were probably excited. They probably wanted to go home and tell their wife or, or go home and see their kids and say, look, I'm, I'm cleansed. But maybe somewhere along the way, these guys started thinking, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask to get leprosy. It's not like I wanted leprosy. Matter of fact, 
I didn't, I didn't deserve this. I didn't deserve leprosy. I'm a good man. I'm a good guy. I work hard. I, I love my family. I didn't, I didn't deserve this. You know what? I had this miracle coming. I, I know, this is exactly what should have happened. I should be healed. And then slowly but subtly, they slip into this mindset of entitlement. I should be healed. And so since I should be healed, I don't have to go say thanks. And that's really the question, isn't it? The, the question that we have to wrestle with, and this is on your, your blanks, the question is this, will you be the one? Will you be the one? Because here's the truth, the odds are stacked against you. The odds are stacked against me. In this story, nine out of ten were not the one. One dude, one guy. Will you be the one that, that returns gratitude to God, will you be the one who pauses to give glory and honor to the one who gave you life? Will, will you be the one who stops in the busyness of all that's going on to, to offer true worship to the creator, to the sustainer of all things? Will you be the one who gives praise and honor to the one who did for you what you couldn't do for yourself and you didn't deserve? Will you be the one? But not just will you be the one who gives thanks to God, but, but will you be the one who gives thanks to others? Listen, you and I are in this auditorium this morning because there are a lot of people that showed up at 7 o'clock. You heard good music because there were people that showed up at 7 o'clock to set this up. And you know what we ought to do? Thank you. Thank you. There are people, there. you can clap, that's cool. There are people right now who are preaching the gospel to our children. We should say today when we pick them up, hey, thanks. I really appreciate what you're doing. I thank you. I will be the one. We, we all have moms and, and dads and, and coaches and small group leaders that we ought to say, hey, thank you. Thank you. I, I, don't, I don't deserve what you're doing for me. I'm not entitled to your service. I want to say thank you. And the choice then becomes if, if, if we choose to be the one, then we cannot continue to live with an ungrateful mindset. And so I want to dive into two ungrateful mindsets. And the first one is this. The first mindset is this. I want it now. I want it now. You know, the other day, I was sitting, I think, uh, in a fast food line. I was at a restaurant trying to get some fast food, you know, Wendy's or McDonald's or Burger King. Uh, I don't know where I was at. But um, I'm sitting there, and, you know, they told me it's going to take a few minutes. Hey, why don't you just take a seat, and we'll bring it out to you. Can I, can I just be honest and, and vulnerable and not try to, like, put up a front? I was ticked. You know, I'm saying the thing, this is, this is supposed to be fast food. This isn't slow food. You know, and I'm sitting there, and you know, it's been two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, and I'm, I'm just stewing, right? I'm getting so angry. And so I pull out my, my phone to, to kind of review the notes that are coming up for the message on gratitude. And then it hits me, I'm thinking, wait a second, there are people in the back putting mayonnaise and lettuce on my hamburger, and they're going to wrap it up for me put it on a tray with my fries and drink, and they're going to bring it to me. I don't even have to get up. 
man, when did, when did I become so conditioned that I deserve and demand whatever I want now? When, when did that happen that I became so entitled to get it now? There's an interesting story in Scripture. It comes from, uh, comes from the same book, Luke chapter 15. It's the story of the prodigal son. Maybe you've heard the story of the prodigal son. We're going to look at two sections of Scripture in this story because there are two sons. And each of them, whether you realize it or not, are ungrateful. Each son has a battle with entitlement. And the first one is this. The first one in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 and 12. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Now, I don't know how it works all the time. I'm not a, a legal whiz. I, never, you know, I don't use legal Zoom. Um, but it seems to me that an inheritance comes after somebody dies. Usually. I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't know exactly how all that works, but, but inheritance, which is what this kid's asking his dad for, my share of the estate, usually comes after. But what this dude says is he says, look, dad, I want it now. I don't want to wait. I don't, I don't want to wait. And if you know the story, the story goes, you know, he, he runs off and blows it all. What, what took his father years or decades to accumulate, this joker blows it in a matter of weeks or a matter of months. We don't know exactly how long, but he squanders it all. And he's living with a bunch of pigs eating slop. I want it now. You see, there's a, the myth of my generation is this. You deserve the same lifestyle that your parents have right now. When you graduate college, whatever the house that your parents have that the, they've worked for so long and and, and and you know waited for to have, you deserve that right now. You that car that they drive, that vacation that they go on, you deserve to experience that now. You don't have to wait for it. You deserve it today. We learned it. I listen. We learned it from our parents who, when they wanted something, they went out and got it. And if they had to put it on a credit card, they put it on a credit card. Didn't care. We'll just pay for it later. It's fine. You know, several generations ago, there was this kind of archaic philosophy that said, you know, if you want something, you save up for it. And you wait. Now, I know that's totally insane. That you would actually force yourself to wait. That you would put off pleasure so that you could afford it. I know totally crazy. You would wait, but what's happened is we've become so conditioned because I want what I want and I want it now. I des Matter of fact, I deserve it now. Not only do I want it now, but I deserve it now. And if I don't get it, then maybe it's because somebody owes me something. If I don't get what I want, then it's because somebody owes me and something's wrong because I'm entitled to it. Listen, I, I'm sensitive to people when they're in crisis because crisis happens you know, Murphy's Law is, is true. The worst thing that happens is usually going to happen or whatever it goes. If something bad can happen, it probably will. Murphy's always going to visit all of us. Um, but the reality is that if you're in non-crisis debt, it's because you spent more than you had. It's not rocket science. Look, I've been in the last, this whole semester, I've been in a small group working through the Dave Ramsey total money makeover. It's that simple. When you're in non-crisis debt, it's because you're spending more money than you have. 
Why? Because you want what you want and you want it now. I'm buying more than I need. And, and you, can, you can paint it pretty, you can call it something else, but it's an entitlement mindset. It's I deserve it, I want it, so I'm going to get it now. It's the first, it's the youngest son in the prodigal son story. Dad, give me my inheritance now. But see, there's two sons. And the other one, his older brother, is just as guilty of ungratefulness. Listen to what he says. Luke chapter 15, verse 29. If you know this story, the story goes, the son looks at his life, says, this sucks. Uh, I'm going to move back home. I'd rather like, work for my dad than live in this mess. And so he moves back home. His dad meets him, gives him a big hug, and says, come on, we're throwing a party. And they all start, you know, gangham-style dancing around the party. And so what happens is the older brother gets ticked. And he says this, verse 29, chapter 15. Look to his dad. He says, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me even a young goat. You didn't even give me a goat, Dad, so I could celebrate with my friends. In other words, the son says, Dad, somebody owes me because I deserve more. I deserve more. And that's the second ungrateful mindset. The first one is, I want it now. And the second one is, I deserve more. I deserve better than this. I deserve more more dad and if we want to get you know real you know pavement level grassroots level i deserve a better paying job i work hard and i deserve more and if i can't get it then i just won't work i deserve those benefits i deserve that nice vacation you know what happens when you live with that mindset you raise kids when they're 10 years old they say i deserve a cell phone i deserve an iphone what are you talking about? This is child abuse. I can't update my Facebook status. I'm 10 years old. And then you get a 16-year-old and you give them anything except a brand new car. Oh, I can't believe you would make me drive this. What is that? I deserve more. I want it now and I deserve more. So what I want to do real quick, as we kind of wrap things up, I want us to take an inventory of our lives. Matter of fact, I want you to do this. I want you to close your eyes. You may have to open them here periodically because you're going to realize that you need to check something in your life. But I want you to just close your eyes and I want to talk to you and let you just kind of take stock of your heart. Because I want to expose ungratefulness in our lives. And the first kind of category, material and financial stuff. Listen, have you ever, the, these examples come from my own personal life, okay? This is stuff I've been working through. Have you ever looked at your TV and thought, man, my TV's not good enough? It's ungratefulness. On your, on your program on the back, there's some lines there next to it. If I say something, would you just check it off? You don't have to show it. You don't have to turn it in. It's not homework. I just want you to acknowledge ungratefulness. Expose it. You know, my house doesn't have the right kind of countertops. I just can't live there. I'm so frustrated. I can't. What is that? It's ungratefulness. I can't raise godly children when they have to share bedrooms. We just have to get a bigger house. What is that? It's entitlement. It's ungratefulness. Have you ever looked at your closet full of clothes and thought, 
I've got nothing to wear. You know who has nothing to wear? People who have no clothes. They have nothing to wear. You got stuff you don't like. What is that? What is that feeling? What is that? That that those words? Those are words of ungratefulness. I I wish I had more money so I could so I could provide more for my kids. What is that? What is that? It's ungratefulness. You need to check the check the line. God, yes, there's. I'm, I'm going to call it what it is. I'm not going to hesitate. God, I wish I had a better car. Your car runs, your car's fine. I wish I had a better one. What is that? It's ungratefulness. I wish I could take better vacations. If that's you, check it. Be honest. Nobody's looking over your shoulders. Just check that little line. Say, yeah, I, I, I have material and financial ungratefulness. There's also relational ungratefulness. Have you ever, listen to me, teenagers, you, you say this all the time. You're like, man, I'm sick and tired of my parents all up in my business. Well, thank God you got parents that care about you. You need to check the box because you're entitled. You got an ungrateful mindset. There are kids today who have no parents interested in their life, and they're just begging somebody to take interest. Thank God. Listen, listen. Have you ever looked at your husband and thought, "Man, I wish he made more money. I wish he, I wish he was a fixer. I wish he could build stuff. I would." He's just not. What is that? It's ungratefulness. Have you ever looked at your wife and thought, man, I just wish she was more fun. I wish she was more romantically interested. I wish she could bake more cookies. I don't, I don't know. She's not. He's not this. She's not that. What is that? What is that? It's ungratefulness. Instead of saying, God, thank you for this person, you're saying, I wish they were this. I wish they were that. And then there's circumstances, there's just all kinds of circumstances. You know, I don't, I don't like my house. I don't like my hair. I don't, I don't, I never get the breaks. Have you ever thought that? Man, I just never, everybody else gets breaks and I never get breaks. That's just all these random circumstances is ungratefulness, ungratefulness. And to cultivate an, an, a, a gratitude in your heart, to cultivate it, you got to make a decision, and the decision is this. You're going to have to decide to respond to the blessings in your life with praise. And here's how you do it. These are the decisions you have to make. Every blessing I receive, I will respond with praise. So that means whatever the blessing is, however large or however small, the response is thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, person. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to respond with praise. Because here's the second truth. Every blessing I don't respond to with praise turns in to pride. I like the way Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4. He says, I've learned to be content. How do you, how do you experience contentment? You learn it. It's not natural. It doesn't come second nature. It's something that you have to work at. And he, he wraps this conversation up saying, I've learned to be content because, he says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. How do you experience contentment? You learn it through Christ. I can do every. Paul says, whatever the circumstances, whether I'm healthy or not, whether I have a lot of money or not, whether I like my job or not, I have a lot of hair or I don't have any hair, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to not be in need. And I've learned the secret of being content. And it's Jesus. It's not, it's not something that comes natural. It's something you learn. It's a, 
mindset that you have, every blessing I receive, I'm going to respond with praise. So when, so when you think, man, I'm, I don't like my car. I'm just tired of my car. No, no, no. You're going to say, no, no, wait a second. I'm thankful that I have transportation, and that fact alone puts me in the top 5% of the, uh, of the wealthiest people in the world. God, thank you. Lord, my house is too small. No, 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 no. God, thank you that I have an indoor toilet and an AC and heat and running water. Thank you, God. Lord, I'm just, the house is always a mess. Those kids just running around pulling everything out. Listen, listen, no, no, no. Thank you, God, that I have healthy children that are making the mess that I got to clean up. And I know it's frustrating, but if they weren't there, there would be no mess. And it's really lonely when they're not there. Would you rather them be there or would you rather have a clean house? God, I don't, I don't like my job. No, 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 no. God, in a time when so many people are searching for work, thank you that I have a job. Lord, I'm just, I'm just so frustrated. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, God, for doing something for me that I didn't deserve and that I could not do on my own. Thank you, God, for forgiving me and transforming me. Thank you, God. Let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.